high above the beautiful Buckhead District of Atlanta, this is your personal transgender scientist, Dana Jeanette Bevan. I've been out of podcast action for a while. I've been finishing up my new book, The Handbook of Transgender Health and Medicine, which should be out in June. I've also made some changes to the podcast through arrangements with my provider. In the future, I'll be able to hold interviews with guests and to take your questions. I hope to interview transgender people as well as the best transgender scientists and maybe some other folks. I still have a few basic transgender science podcasts to do, but I will increasingly intermix those which, inter which address topical issues. There are a few people out there on the web, and in particular in the intellectual dark web of YouTube, who have many misconceptions about transgender science, and I mean to address those. Most of you don't know that my original research as a graduate student concerned the behavioral neuroanatomy and neurophysiology of the hypothalamus. Neuroanatomy just refers to the structure of the brain and spinal cord. Neurophysiology just refers to how these structures function to produce behavior. Both of these make rocket science seem trivial. I know because I've done that too. The hypothalamus is an area at the base of the brain, just above the upper palate of your mouth. It's very old in evolution and performs some of the most basic functions. Among other things, it regulates temperature, some hormones, ovulation, sexual arousal, eating and drinking. The infamous dopamine neurons involved in addiction project from the lower brain right through the hypothalamus to the reward center in the front of the brain. As a graduate student, I studied eating regulation and learned about the structure and function of the hypothalamus. But after that, I wanted to study transgender science. It was not to be. I was told that if, if I wanted to support my wife and family, I should not be doing that kind of research. There's no grant money for that, and you should find another specialty, they said. And they were right. Behavior research involving human emotions had come under fire in Congress and was typically banned. And I even had to give up neuroanatomy because I got allergic to laboratory animals, not just an occasional sneeze, but full-blown asthma. I had long since given up my dream of doing transgender science when an opportunity came up to teach biopsychology at Georgia Tech. I would be filling in for a friend of mine who was on sabbatical for the semester. I had been out of the field for a while, so I had to catch up with the material in the required textbook. In one of the last chapters, there was an image of a brain nucleus from a transgender person and about one paragraph of text. No one was doing transgender science in the United States, but some of the Netherlands had actually been doing neuroanatomical research on recently dead transgender people. That one image set me on the path I've been on since 2004, learning about and communicating transgender science as it has been unfolding. When I saw that image, I knew exactly where it was in the brain from my training and distantly remembered its neuroanatomical connections. They were building the research as finding a gender center in the brain, but I was skeptical. The brain is a marvelously complicated organ, and it resists any simple ideas that humans can think up. 
I knew that it was not a control center because I'd been down that path before with hunger centers and drinking centers and sexual behavior centers, all of which turned out to be bogus. But it meant that someone was actually doing transgender science. It wasn't in the U.S., it was in the Netherlands. One of the research institutions in the Netherlands had acquired the brains of six transgender people who had transitioned. I have to call, I've come to call these brains the brains of the magnificent six, and they appear to be the only ones in brain banks in the world. These brains were the basis for several research papers as the anatomists discovered correlates of being transgender. They would look all over the brain, counting cells and measuring various structures and attempting to find structures that were different in transgender people versus non-transgender people. Since then, we have found several structures that correlate with being transgender. The one in the picture was the hypothalamic basal nucleus of the stria terminalis, or BNST for short. The BNST is the home base for neurons that stretch out to allow communications between some of the older structures in the brain. Stria just means string, and basal nucleus just means where the cells that make up the string have their cell bodies or home bases. The stria terminalis connects parts of the hypothalamus with the amygdala, which interpret emotional stimuli. In the case of the magnificent six, BNST is smaller in trans women when compared with cisgender males or females. Another structure near this area, the interstitial nucleus of the anterior hypothalamus, number three, shows differences in trans women as well. There's also a study which shows general shrinkage of the hypothalamus in this area during trans women hormone therapy. This supports the idea that taking estradiol and suppressing testosterone have effects in these structures, whether from their effects on the body or directly on the brain. The brain has a use-it-or-lose-it principle, and these hypothalamic structures were no longer needed. Such changes follow the brain principle of neuroplasticity, in which structures increase in size if they are very active and decrease if they're not. A famous example of this is the London taxicab driver study. In this study, an increase in the size of the part of the brain that stores geographic information was noted for taxi drivers who were cramming and studying the London roadways to get their license to drive. Structures in other parts of the brain have been shown to correlate with being transgender, and here there is also a more down-to-earth explanation as well. These structures deal with motor coordination. A structure just under the cortex on the right side is called the putamen. That is stage right as you face outward. There is the one on the left side as well. It controls the right side of the body. Putamen just means nutshell. There's no intrinsic meaning other than that. The right motor system putamen is more active in transgender people and then and the nucleus is larger. Since the right side of the brain controls the movement of the left side of the body, this fits with the findings that transgender people are less right-handed. We should expect their left motor system to be a bit more active. Another structure that differs in shape in transgender people is the corpus callosum, which connects the two hemispheres of the brain. 
Callosum just means colossal. So the corpus callosum is a colossal body. It is indeed one of the largest structures in the brain, since it connects the two hemispheres. One might think that this shape difference has something to do with handedness, but handedness studies have not shown any shape differences. The transitor shape difference remains a mystery. Most of the brain is colored white or gray. White matter consists of the fibers of neural cells which connect parts of the brain. White matter transmits information from one place in the brain to another. It is white because the tissue is covered with fat. Fat increases the speed of conduction, the speed of transmission. It turns a single lane road into a freeway. We have already encountered one conduit of white matter, the stria terminalis, that connects the hypothalamus and the BNST to the amygdala. This one is pretty old evolutionary-wise, so the fat covering is not very thick and its conduction is slower than in other places. There have been some white matter surveys of the brain to look for differences in transgender people. We now have the ability to observe the action of these white matter conduits in live subjects using a variant of the magnetic resonance imaging that detects water molecules and their movement. White matter shows up differently from the rest of the brain compared with so-called gray matter, which are mainly cell bodies and are, and are home bases for the white matter connections, as we saw with the BNST. Anyway, there are two white matter areas in the brain that light up in transgender people more than for non-transgender people. There's the corticospinal tract that leads from the cortex to the spinal cord, which is involved somehow in involuntary movement. It's a mystery why that should be so. The other area is called the insula, and its functions are even more mysterious. It's been peripherally linked to emotion, addiction, consciousness, and feelings of certainty. Its role in addiction has largely been ignored because it's not in the main dopamine network. Since people are alert and awake during MRI exams, it's possible to present stimuli and observe the results. There are several pathways that respond differently with transgender people compared with non-transgender people. One type of stimulus that was used uh, is, a, is called pheromones. Those chemicals that direct animals and maybe some people to perform certain behaviors. Both adolescent trans girls and trans women re have responded differently from males in these tests. The presence of different anatomical and functional mechanisms associated with being transgender is consistent with my four-factor theory of being transgender, which I've talked about in previous episodes. If genetic gender predispositions exist, then they should show up as brain structures and mechanisms. Finding brain structures and mechanisms that differ for transgender people supports the idea idea of a genetic gender predisposition in the four-factor theory. The predispositions are the result of genetic and epigenetic factors that result in differences in brain anatomy and neurophysiology. We have found differences in various places and actions of the brain and are likely to find more indicating that there is no gender center per se. The original interpretation of the Netherlands neuroanatomic studies touted as finding a gender center, were wrong, but they were a step in the right direction.